The Devils came out on the losing end by a score of 6-4 to four against the New York Islanders, and I have some behind-the-scenes action that I want to share with you all. There's a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So despite the New Jersey Devils suffering their worst loss in a good while, I still had a great time at the Prudential Center because I got to cover the Devils game as a credentialed media member. It was an electrifying crowd, despite the New Jersey Devils once again losing 6-4 to to the Islanders. I, you just heard the, the chants from the Devils fans. You heard the chants from the Islanders fans. And then at some point, it, it was just a collective unit of Rangers suck. I don't know what that was all about, but still, it was just a great atmosphere at the Rock. And uh, getting to cover the New Jersey Devils game from the press box was definitely an interesting experience. So if you're watching on YouTube, here's my credential pass. So you got my name and then you got my association, which is Arizona State. That's my current college. And then uh, shout out to my father, because even though he wasn't in the press box with me, he still bought a ticket to the game. And since I had to report to the game early, he was one of the first 9,000 fans to enter the Prudential Center and they were doing a bobblehead giveaway. So here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, look, I got a Chico and Nico bobblehead this is really nice, and quite honestly, it's it's really cool to look at. So I think this is going to stay in my studio here at home. I don't think it's going to make the trip with me back to Arizona State University because I don't want to risk damaging it. So that was also uh, pretty cool to take home. So got a little bit of a souvenir. So And shout out to some people that I met in the press box in real life because they've actually appeared on my show. So shout out to Ryan Novazinski, Christy Flannery, James Nichols. After the game, I got to meet Bryce Salvador once again. So just meeting those people that I've uh, had appear on my show before in real life, it, it was definitely kind of surreal. It just like it, because I'm so used to like looking at them through a monitor and not actually meeting them in in the flesh. So that that was a cool thing to do. And I did get to go behind the scenes. I spoke to Lindy Ruff. I spoke to Nico Heischer. Even though I didn't get to ask Ryan Gray's a question, I still got the chance to hear him speak. So I'm going to share you guys some of those audio clips uh, after I do my recap of the game because seeing it firsthand and seeing it in real life, I must say it's a little different than watching it on TV because as a reporter, as a journalist, I'm just trying to like look at everything so meticulously. I'm just hoping that the New Jersey Devils come away with the win just because uh, Ryan Novazinski informed me that it's a lot more fun and a lot more loose if the Devils win. And quite honestly, I did expect that. But still, getting the chance to speak to Nico Heischer, the captain of the team, and Lindy Ruff, the head coach, That's uh, I'll take that any given day. So got to get some insight from them as well. But let's do a little bit of a recap of the game, and I'll give you guys my overall perspective of what I saw from my bird's eye view. So first period recap, and uh, I, I also did some brief uh, recaps uh, during the course of the game. I posted them onto YouTube. So if you hadn't checked those out, please do so. And uh, let's do this uh, first period recap. So 
Uh, based on what I saw, the New Jersey Devils, they controlled most of the tempo for period number one. It looked like that they were playing their normal style brand of hockey. They had a successful penalty kill when Alexander Holtz was called for interference. And then not too long after, the Islanders went on the penalty kill when Ryan Pollock uh, was assessed a holding call on Miles Wood. As a result, Nico Heischer was able to score a power play goal. So from right there on, I thought the New Jersey Devils, this was going to be the uh, first goals of many, and it was, but unfortunately they let up a lot more goals, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But I overheard some uh, New York Islanders uh, writers uh, next to me, so try saying that sentence 10 times fast, New York Islanders writers or beat reporters, whatever the case might be. They were basically uh, talking amongst themselves, and they said if the New Jersey Devils score once again, then this game is going to be out of reach for the Islanders to try to mount a comeback. Now, here's the thing, guys, and here's the concern that I had going into the game. I said the Islanders, even though we did beat them early on in the season, this is uh, they, they have exceeded expectations a little bit, and they have gotten better. So this was going to be a true test for New Jersey Devils, and unfortunately, they got their butts kicked, but that's what happens. And the silver lining is at least the Boston Bruins also lost to the Arizona Coyotes. So they lost to a way worse competition. So uh, the, it's just so interesting when the Devils lose, the Bruins lose. And it just seems like the Devils are just trying to eclipse them somehow, some way. But uh, digressing a little bit, basically what the beat reporters for the Islanders were just basically talking about was that if the Devils scored again, then this game would be out of reach for uh, the Islanders to amount some sort of comeback. So I was just like, okay, let's hope that the Devils can score once again. And things were going their way for the most part. However, they closed out period number one on a bit of a sour note because Brock Nelson was able to get uh, a goal and it was a wraparound shot on Vitek Vancek. I'm sure that's a shot Vancek would like to have back because quite honestly, I've seen him make those saves before, but he was able to get his vengeance on Brock uh, Nelson just a few possessions later because uh, th this is what made everyone go crazy at the Prudential Center because uh, Vitek Vancek just stretched out like he stretched out, I believe, like his left arm to make the save and, and just rob Brock Nelson of, a, of another goal. But even though Brock Nelson ended up scoring later, but still at that very moment, everyone was just uh, petrified at, the, at how well of a of save Vitek Vancek made once again. And I even tweeted out Vancek for Vesna. But uh, unfortunately, I ate my words in this game because Anders Lee scored uh, less than 10 seconds to go in period number one. And Vancek, it just looked like he lost sight of it. And I was just like, okay, Devils are down two to one. We've seen this movie play out before. Devils get off to a slow start. Usually they bounce back as the game progresses. They can start the game a little rusty. So uh, for period number one, they started off strong, but they finished weakly. That was basically my perspective of the whole thing. And then we move on to period number two, and things just got worse because they allowed two more goals. So all in all, they allowed four unanswered goals to the New York Islanders. Vitek Vanacek, as a result, had to be pulled from the game. And this is the first time this season, I believe, that Vitek Vanacek was pulled early from a game because remember that uh, matchup against the Detroit Red Wings early on in the year in which the Devils lost 5-2. Vitek Vanacek played the entirety of this game. So I know Vanacek was pulled early from the game when the Devils first played the Ottawa Senators this year because, remember, he took a hard hit to the head and he had to uh, be taken out the game due to injury. So I, I'm talking about performance-wise. It was just uh, astonishing to see that Vitek Vanacek was pulled. And I said, 
of all nights, of all nights uh, that the New Jersey Devils could have had one of their worst performances of the season up to date, it had to be a game that I uh, fortunately got the honors to be credentialed for because I would have loved to cover a Devils win, but unfortunately just wasn't meant to be. Vitek Vanacek, he was pulled this game. He just didn't have it, and it was bound to happen because it happens to the best of them. I still don't regret anything that I did or said or did a couple episodes ago in which I said that Vitek Vanacek could potentially get his name into the running for the Vesna Trophy race. Maybe he can uh, maybe just sneak into the top five somehow, some way. And I just said that uh, Vitek Vanacek deserves more respect. I don't regret anything I said. I still stand by it. But like some of you brought up on my Twitter feed, it was bound to happen. It, Vitek Vanacek was bound to have a bad game here and there. And then uh, later on, Brock Nelson gets a power play goal. And this is what I need to discuss, which is Alexander Holtz. So uh, the Islanders had four power play opportunities, but two of those uh, power play opportunities were because of Alexander Holtz. So in period number one, I literally just said the uh, Islanders entered the power play because Alexander Holtz was uh, assessed an interference call. And then this time around, he gets another penalty. Now, Lindy Ruffs told the media saying that he doesn't really blame Alexander Holtz for the second penalty. He felt as though it was an unfair call assessed by the referees, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that Alexander Holtz just looks lost out there. And it's just, we're, we're in a weird circumstance with uh, Alex Holtz, which is like, he's too good for Utica, but he's not NHL ready. And it's just like, why this is one of the reasons why I don't want to give up hope on him is because he lights it up in Utica every time but when he gets the nhl he's like a deer in headlights i don't know if it's a mental thing i don't know if it's a physical thing i don't know what the case is with this guy because it's just like can you just show me something show me just some sort of glimpses of you being an nhl caliber player because i know he can do it but and i'm just saying maybe he just needs a bigger chance i'm like here's your chance right here because nathan bashan is out and miles wood quite honestly might be out for uh, hopefully not any significant amount of time, but he might miss a game here and there in the near future, which I'll talk about momentarily. But it's just like, Alexander Holtz, you've got to show me something, buddy. Like, you, you're being given a chance right here. And I said, when Nathan Bashan went down, this is a golden opportunity for Alexander Holtz to showcase his talent. And right now, he's falling flat on his face, and he is diminishing the opportunity the game by game. And he looks lost and he looks like he's out of his league. And I know he it, it, he has potential to be good, but for somehow, some way, he just cannot perform at the NHL level. And it's a little bit concerning. So once again, I will play you guys some audio clips that I recorded when I spoke to Nico Keisher and also Lindy Ruff. But before we continue with today's episode, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at Bet Online. So, BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all for you at BetOnline.net. And if you love podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want you guys to make some extra cash this holiday season. So head over to betonline.net right now. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so Miles Wood got hit this game, and as a result, he did not uh, return to action come the start of period number three. Now, Amanda Stein, when Lindy Ruff was speaking to the media, 
asked what the status is on Miles Wood, and Lindy Ruff said that he doesn't have an update and he hopes to hear something tomorrow. But for the time being, we have no update on Miles Wood and his injury. It just adds another obstacle, and this is one. This is a part of the season where the Devils are going to have to overcome those obstacles because for the past few games, the Devils just have not been themselves. And I just said in the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, it was their chance to try to tweak and fix anything that they had wrong because even though the scoreboard didn't reflect it, even though they walked away with a shutout, they allowed the Chicago Blackhawks to have the final eight shots on goal to close out period number one. Luckily, it was the Chicago Blackhawks, and luckily they will not make the New Jersey Devils pay, but come a team that's competitive like the New York Islanders, as proven in today's game, the Devils will pay the piper in that case. And going back to their game, whether it's the New York Rangers or the Nashville Predators, whatever the case might be, the Devils the last few games have not been playing their best brand of hockey outside of the Chicago Blackhawks game, so I'll give that one a pass, and maybe I'm just being a little too critical. But at the same time, it's just like, I, this is what I'm saying, because later this month, we're going to have to play the Boston Bruins, not once, but twice. We're going to have to play the Dallas Stars. We're going to have to play the Carolina Hurricanes. So we're going to have to go up against the best of the best, and we're going to have to showcase that we're capable of competing with those teams. And some of you are wondering, why am I doing silly season episodes in the month of December? Well, it's one of these concerns I have, which is, are the New Jersey Devils just trying to be a regular playoff team, or are they trying to compete for a cup? So that's the thing that I want you guys to take into consideration while I'm doing silly season episodes. It's because the Devils, they need to make one or two moves if they if they are serious about competing for the cup, quite honestly. And right now, they have some obstacles to over uh, the, the overcome because obviously Mackenzie Blackwood and Andre Palat, they've already been out for an extended period of time. So the Devils have adapted well in that sort of circumstance. But with Nathan Bastion being out for the past few games and quite honestly out for the foreseeable future, Uh, the uncertainty of Miles Wood and what his injury concern might be. The Devils really need to start considering, like, how are they going to overcome these slow starts? How are they going to overcome these turbulences? Because when you're behind for most of the game or when you get off to a slow start, you can't really expect to win. So that's just what I'm I'm putting out there. I know that the record doesn't reflect it, but these last few games have me a little concerned, but – Every team hits uh, just that tough spot in their schedule, or maybe they just have some obstacles that they need to overcome. But like I said, I'm just just thinking long-term here. So I, the Devils are a really good team, but I think they can even get better. So I, I think they have a lot of untapped potential, and they're going to reach it sooner rather than later. So uh, the second period, that's basically how it ended, and uh, Alexander Holt's boneheaded moves and – he, he might be counting his blessings right now because if Miles Wood is out for an extended period of time, then Alexander Holtz lives to see another day because if Miles Wood is healthy, guarantee uh, Alexander Holtz would have been sent right back down to Utica at the conclusion of this game because I don't know uh, how much more patience Tom Fitzgerald has for Holtz in, in this sort of circumstance. But moving on to period number three, the Devils, they put up a valiant effort. They pulled Akira Schmidt. Uh, when there was still significant amount of time left in period number three. So that way the devils could get an extra attacker and try to claw their way back into the game. And they put up a very valiant effort because uh, Chrissy Flannery actually shared this on her personal Twitter page. She said that Jack Hughes recorded the longest shift six minutes and two seconds in NHL history. So Jack Hughes just putting uh, his all for the team 
And that's why I say he's the franchise player. He's the truth, whatever the case might be, is because he's willing to go the extra mile to give the Devils the, the possible win. And, and he did score the final goal of the game for the Devils, and it made it a 6-4 to four game. But unfortunately, like I said, you can't trail for most of the game and expect to win. It's That's not how that works. Like nine times out of ten or eight, ten, eight, eight times out of ten, you're going to lose. So uh, thank God that Jack Hughes has the heart of a bulldog and that he was out there and he was making defensive plays too because there were a couple times when the Islanders had – uh, golden opportunities to get the empty netter but who was wearing the puck like I could count like two or three times when I was watching it from the press box I was like Jack Hughes making saves or him making uh, great defensive efforts quite honestly that's not something I say too often that's not a knock at his defense it's just that that's not really his strength his strength is obviously on the offensive side of things so that was really great to see from Jack Hughes and his overall effort of just you know, putting his body online. So I've recapped the game. I'm going to give you guys some behind the scenes action as to what I heard in the locker room from Nico Keisher, Ryan Graves, and also Lindy Ruff. Keep in mind, I was not allowed to film. I was allowed to record audio, but the Devils media team, they're in charge of the filming. So I wasn't allowed to get any video. So just enjoy the sound bites I got from behind the scenes during my time at the Prudential Center as a credentialed media member. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Yeah, I think um, we uh, kind of sh shot ourselves tonight. Uh, I think uh, took too many penalties as well. Uh, it's tough uh, to come back when, when you're uh, shorthanded. So uh, I think it lacked a little bit of discipline. Uh, I like the effort at the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you give up six goals, uh, uh, it's hard to win. Despite the uh, loss, you guys have shown uh, tremendous growth and improvement and still one of the best teams in the NHL, and you're obviously the team captain. Um, what, what has the journey been like um, so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been good so far. Uh, definitely, uh, we have a lot of confidence in here, and uh, we believe that we're a good team. And uh, we just, yeah, I mean, we try to learn from our mistakes, for example, what we did tonight. And, uh, get a better team in the next game, and that's what we're looking for. Lindy, it's uh, been very evident this season that you guys know how to bounce back after something doesn't go your way. What are some of the things you guys are going to work on to uh, just make yourselves better as a team in your next matchup? Well, you know, I've used a lot of times just trying to be connected, uh, you know, try to be connected as a five-man group, and that's uh, what we'll work on. you got to be connected in all zones, and if you know, we get people back in, in good time. We play well in our own zone. If if we get up in a hurry, you know, we can sustain offensive zone pressure. So we'll just continue to work on really the areas of the game we think uh, that are our strengths. Thank you, Lindy. Thank you. You just take it all in stride. I mean, you, you, you take each game, game by game. You want to win each game. And, um, yeah, you're not happy with how it, how it went. And uh, you're not solve over it, but um, you're definitely not happy with how tonight went, and you need to find a way to correct things. Just move on from it. We, teams don't lose two in a row, so we're moving on from it. Um, we're going to make sure we don't lose the next one. So, you heard it firsthand from Nico Heischer, Lindy Ruff, and also uh, Ryan Graves, which is 
the name of the game is just to bounce back and they know that they're capable of doing so. They're a very talented team. This is not the same Devils team from last year, and that's been very evident. So hopefully they're able to rebound nicely against their cross-river rival, the New York Rangers, on Monday. We'll see what happens. And as we do to close out every post-game reaction, I'm going to compare the stats and give my final letter grade. So shots on goal differential, 32-29 to in favor of the New York Islanders. Devils got more shots on goal towards the end of the game, but the Islanders were pretty much in control from, I'd say, anywhere from halfway through period number one till like period number three. Face-off percentage, 58% to 42% in favor of the Islanders. Power play, we talked about the Islanders having four power play opportunities. They were successful on one of them, but two of those power play opportunities came at the hands of Alexander Holtz. And it's also worth mentioning that when Alexander Holtz got his second penalty assessed to him the devils had cut the lead in half four two but you know i think we've already discussed enough about alexander holtz and uh his boneheaded mistakes so uh devils were one for three in their power play devils were able to score the first goal of the game thanks thanks to nico heischer hits 21 to 11 in favor of the islanders blocks 25 to 15 in favor of the islanders and giveaways devils led this category seven to one and as i was watching the game and I think anyone at the Prudential Center or anyone watching on television or listening on the radio, whatever case might be, however you uh, observe this game, it was very evident and it was very clear that the New York Islanders, they controlled uh, a good majority of this game and they had good puck control. And look, Vitek Vanacek was not sharp in this game. I'm not going to put the uh, full blame on him. However, the defense did have a lot of lapses that were not accustomed to uh, to them seem so watch the replay of the game and take a shot for every time the New Jersey Devils had a defensive lapse and basically left Vitek Vanacek vulnerable out there and by the way do not drive after you play the game so I'm just putting that out there so there were a lot of defensive lapses for the New Jersey Devils and we'll just leave it at that it was an ugly game it was bound to happen because uh their loss against the National Predators that went into OT, their loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We obviously know the circumstances surrounding that. Then the last time that they had lost this badly was against Washington Capitals, but that was prior to their 13-game win streak. So it's been a good while since the New Jersey Devils have lost a game in this sort of fashion. So I'm not going to hold it against them. Let's see how they rebound against, once again, their cross-river rival in the uh, New York Rangers. So the Battle of the Hudson River, essentially, and if I had to rate this game for the Devils, I'm going to give them a D plus because this was just an ugly game. Uh, the defense wasn't there. The offense was there. And like I said, I, 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 the reason it's not a failing grade is because the Devils did put up a pretty good effort towards the end of period number three. But I just I cannot give them a C. I just morally can't do it because the Devils have set once again, the Devils have set the bar so high that the grading gets a little more difficult. So. For their standards, this was a very bad game, and it was very clear when Lindy Ruff and Nico Heischer were both speaking to the media and talking about redemption. So that's my final letter grade for a New Jersey Devil. So let me know what you guys think in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all time I have for you. So Thanks for listening. And by the way, guys, I can't thank your dedication enough because 
without your viewership on YouTube, without your listenership on a podcast streaming service. There is no show. You guys make this possible. You guys give me a audience to talk to and it people are starting to take notice and it's all because of you guys. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your patience. I, I can't do this show without you guys. And you guys mean a lot to me more than you realize. So uh, this is all for you guys. So when I get into the press box or whatever the case might be, it's because of you guys and it's because of your fandom. It's because of your dedication. It's because you guys have also created a huge following on Locked on Devil's Twitter page, interacting, whatever the case might be. So a lot of fun. So from Chico and Nico, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again, guys.